0: This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive podcast recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm
1: Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive podcast. Welcome back to Grace Deep Deep Dive podcast. That was a little bit hard. I had to think about that one for a second. Because yes, last we have- week, I messed that up so badly. <laughs> and I just, I had all week to to work on it, John. And, you know, I didn't. But I had all week to work on but it. You, but you had all week.
0: Well, yeah. honestly, I, I'm glad you did not work on it. Because we don't really pay you to work on one line for the beginning of a podcast. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Well, yeah. <laughs> when setting up my day.
1: But, yeah. uh, but on, on a different note, John, do you know that when it comes to purchasing a new home, that new buyers are looking for two things that really scare them. Two things. Okay. One thing is moisture problems or yeah. mold. Yeah. And the other big factor that scares a lot of buyers is structure of a home, the foundation of yeah, a home. Yeah, of course. That's right. Apparently yeah. that's very important. Apparently a home it home. is important. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you see a house that's not sitting on a, on a, on a good solid foundation, um, big, big, big red flags go up. Right. And you talked about this Sunday, we're in our, in our
0: series New Life, which of course I knew. Already, right? Of course, you knew that. Of course, I knew. If and like, if you listen last week's podcast, you you'd know that Johnny knew that. Yeah, you would know.
1: I <laughs> totally knew that. Um, but you talked about the title of the sermon was "Finding Certainty in a Shifting World." Yeah, and it is so important that we do have that foundation in Christ and obedience to Him, and and He is the one thing that is certain. Is right. pretty much the the point of that of that sermon last week. Right. Right. And, you know, um, when I look around, you know, you, everyone's looking for certainty. And we're, we're trying to figure out how do we, how should we feel about this situation or what should my thoughts be on this or how, what moral compass should I live my life by? Yeah. The scary thing I see is, um, well, you said this and what was really cool, that our conscience doesn't determine morality. So why is it dangerous when we look at politicians and voters kind of weighing in and making decisions based around you know their morality.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's close to what I said. What I said was that that the way the world looks at a at a person's conscience is based on you know how they feel about something, their emotions. And emotions can be important and they can tell us things too. So it's not I'm not diminishing the importance of that at all. Um but we have to our our, our emotions, if we're talking about our emotions, And how we feel about something like our conscience that needs to be informed by something. It's informed by a worldview, a way that we understand the world, a way that we see things. And so whatever informs our conscience becomes really important. And if it's just an emotional feeling in which in in our culture, it is right. A a lot of times uh, we have people that I feel like, as a matter of fact, the language we use, people say, I feel when they should be saying, I think, all the time, if you mm. listen, and I, I even do it sometimes, and I and I catch myself. I get I get mad at myself because th- we we shouldn't confuse what we feel with what we think, but our culture does, and it's and it's represented in the language that we use. I feel like da 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 da, right? And instead of saying I think that this is the way something mm. should be, we say I feel like this is the way something should be, and and so that's not a very thoughtful process, and it's and it's telling of how we approach uh, the world around us and how we approach our own conscience and how how we think about what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. I think, you know,
1: when I think of just, you know, I remember the old analogy when I was a kid, they would talk about you have your, the locomotive was the, was your mind, yeah, you know, right. or fact, faith and feeling, you know, yeah, yeah and feelings were always. So the fact was the uh, the locomotive, faith was like the, the car. And then feeling was uh, always in the back being pulled by yeah. the other two things. And it is dangerous when the feelings get out of whack, right? And you forget the promises of God. You forget that you know, or whatever it is, or you forget that God is still in control, or, or whatever it is. Um, but we need to always put the feelings in the back. The feels mm-hmm. need to be in the back of, the, <laughs> of right. the train, and the the thinking and the and the facts and and our faith needs to be in the front, kind yeah. of driving things and. I've always remembered that it's
0: one of those. Well, I think that's an excellent analogy, especially for this. And I wish you should have shared that with me last week, so I could use it on Sunday. Oh man! Well, next week, John. Next and, week, okay. and you can
1: give me credit if you want. Um if no. you want,
0: you, you can, or I'll, I'll just keep the credit. <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> well, just yeah, kidding. You just, you just, just gave kidding. me the credit. I like that. Yeah. So um,
0: um, no, but it is, but it is really good. And, and and I think just to take that, you know, what what culture has done is we've put that that caboose or whatever, you know, that third car, we have put that in front. Mm-hmm. And and try and we're trying to push it and you, you know when you it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, you know you, pulling something's always easier than pushing something right like it's always easier to steer if you're pulling it because it just follows you where you go like you're in the grocery store right when you're pushing you got to have two hands on it and you got to steer it right when you pull if you grab the pr- if you grab the front of the cart and just pull it it just goes where it's supposed to go and and you know to, to kind of use another analogy that I just made up wasn't that nice, amazing that was pretty Anyways, good so so it is so when we put the wrong thing in front. And we and we start to push. It's a lot harder to steer. Okay. And and if but if we can pull it, it just goes where it's supposed to go. And and, and if we put the right thing in front, so I I really like that. That that was a good analogy. Well, thank you, John. What well, was my analogy? So that's, that's your, probably why it was. That's good. your compliment for the year. That's right. Yeah. That was nice.
1: Yeah. Well, it, and a funny thing is, it wasn't mine. So I stole it. Mm-hmm. But but never mind. I take it back. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you know. I look around in in our society, though. I see. You know, we are a feeling culture. Yeah. Very and, much. And we look at leaders. Yeah. Who are. Kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're supposed to rule and govern and listen to the culture, and society is is, is yelling out their feelings pretty yeah. much, and I see it's almost like the you know the politicians uh, are mm-hmm. kind of placating, yeah. or um, in in enabling us. By listening to all of our feelings and it's just well, you feel how do you feel about this issue? Oh, well, we hate that. So okay, we'll make a, a policy decision. And I yeah. just look at I look at um our politicians on both sides, both Democrats, yeah, Republicans and independents and whatever. And wherever. Yeah. And I I've always it's always driven me nuts. And I get like separation of church and state is important. We I wanna talk about that in a second too. Yeah, sure. But I get that. I get where, you know, we're kind of one nation under God, but we're not really anymore and and whatnot. But whenever man decides to play morality, it seems like the barometer or whatever, the calibration
0: changes. it It gets all messed up, right? Yeah,
1: like at one moment, this is morality. Mm-hmm. Ten years later, the the morality needle has moved.
0: Yeah, that's right. and,
1: and it's dipped, or it's you know, it's like it's it's all over the map. All over. And I wonder, you know, obviously, we know why that happens. Yeah. Because you know the the cry outcry of the culture and the feels, and they want everything t- to change. Right. But the other thing too is just like man
0: doesn't really have any business defining morality. Absolutely. Would you agree with that right. statement? Oh, for sure, hundred percent. And 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 here's the reason. Here's the reason. If if humanity here's the problem we run into. If humanity says, if we say people, man, as you you know, as you put it, um, if if we allow them to determine what is right and wrong, then what is to elevate one man over another as far as as far as making that determination, right? And so then we we end up with what we have. And had uh, recently with with this idea of postmodernism and and this this morally pluralistic kind of culture where you know you do you I'll do me you know that's just your opinion my opinion is different and they're all, all opinions are equally valid which are not by the way they're not equally valid not open, everybody's entitled to their opinion but they're also entitled to be wrong right like this, so there's you can have a wrong opinion for instance if you think that vanilla ice cream is better than strawberry ice cream you're clearly Wrong. You like strawberry ice cream? <laughs> I love strawberry ice cream. Oh, whoa, John! No, ice cream doesn't matter, actually. But but, but I see what you're saying though. Yeah, there is. But when it comes to something something important, like you you don't have you can have an opinion that the world is flat, and apparently there's a few people around these days that do. And if you are one of them, you're looking at one, John. Am I? Well, yeah. I'm about to correct a you. Flat it's world. Not flat, I'm man. all about the flat it's not world, John. Look at the horizon, buddy. But anyways, <laughs> but you know, but you look at that. And, and you go, OK, well, you can have that opinion, but it's a dumb opinion. The world's not flat, man. Yeah. You know, we've, we've done things like orbited around it <laughs> with spaceships and stuff, yeah. and taking pictures like we know it's not flat. This is dumb. Right. So so you can have an opinion, but your opinion is not equally valid when it comes to morality. If 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 we say that it is up to humanity to determine what is right and what is wrong, then what is what what gives one human the right to tell another human that they that their morality is right or wrong. If, right. If, if mankind is the uh, the moral authority, it is the moral authority. So we need something that transcends mankind that's bigger than mankind, and, and that's that's where God comes in. God determines what is right and what is wrong based mm-hmm. on His character and His values, right? And He communicates that in Scripture and in natural law and things like that. And so, and so, so it's really important that we understand that that we don't get to determine that. It's not how we feel about it that makes something right or wrong, because there's all kinds of things that might or be even right. Think about. That I don't it. feel good about. Right. But but I recognize they're right because God says they're right, because him, his communication to us says they're right, and and I have to abide by that. Yeah. So what do you
1: think then? So obviously, God should be our moral compass. 100%. 100%. But
0: that's simplistic, right? People who don't believe in God find that very simplistic. Sure. Or even offensive. Or And even offensive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, so I want to recognize that. You know, if maybe you're listening and you're going, I'm not even sure I believe in God. Okay. That's fine. But... But but you have to answer the question of, of good and evil. How do you how do you explain yeah. love and hate? And really, like you said, who who has the ultimate right to set? Yeah, yeah it has. To, like you
1: said, I think you said it perfectly. Has to be somebody who transcends whatever that means, mankind. Yeah, because yeah. mankind is all over the map. Yeah, on what they believe, and it's almost offensive
0: to say. Well, here's the new moral. Yeah, book. Pol Pot thought he was morally correct. Who's that? Pol Pot. Who's that? Ka- Cambodia. Oh my goodness, Johnny. Pol Pot oh. he like, killed millions of people he was a dictator uh, Cambodia oh, okay. millions of people the, the killing fields all that kind of stuff okay okay and so so he, he thought he was morally correct right we, we have Stalin thought he was morally correct Hitler thought he was morally correct you know, like you can go through the list like it pick your evil villain it, they didn't get up in the morning and go how can I be evil they thought they were morally right yeah and if man determines what is right and what is wrong if there isn't something that transcends that, that then who are we to question them yeah and and I think if you don't believe in God, that's an impossible question. You can come up with kind of sort of answers. I'm not saying there's no yeah, answers well, at all. I think, but they're well, not they're not generally the good. The universe They'd fall would,
1: short. The universe would probably you know and, and and not to make fun of, but like the universe in their mind would would correct morality or whatever I it is. Guess, I don't but know. The, the Karma universe is a
0: non personal you know entity. It's not a being. It's yeah. just it's it's just stuff that doesn't yeah. think, that doesn't feel, that doesn't anything. Yeah, there's no moral compass. There's no moral compass in the universe. Yeah.
1: So I, I yeah, I, I. So the problem here then is we live in a in society where politicians are making decisions on morality. Or not making decisions on morality yeah. and not upholding things that maybe should be
0: upheld. And, and both sides. And quite frankly, you mm. can look at Trump and you can look at things he's said in the past and done and done in the past sure. and go, man, there is moral inconsistency there. You can look at, uh, you know, Joe Biden happens to be the, the front runner right now on the Democratic side. Uh, you know, you can look at how he's changed his position on a whole bunch of things, like, you know, uh, same-sex marriage on the wall, on immigration, on all these different things over the years. I mean, he's been all over Shows the Shows a moving compass. Yeah, there's, there's, it's a moving compass. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. And I mean, that's, so what do we do then? I mean, in a, a world where, unless you have God as, like, <clears throat> kind of like the nation of Israel, <clears throat> sorry, the nation of Israel, um <laughs> you know, where you have God as the, as the king. Yeah here we a don't theocracy yeah, yeah here we don't have we have a democracy whatever and, and, God, and God is not on the throne people don't want they, they want a separation of church and state yeah do you how,
0: is there any way that we can remedy that's a, that that's a great question I, honestly I don't probably I don't not th- right I don't think there's a perfect answer and to be fair to Israel they don't operate like a theocracy not anymore <laughs> no. Yeah. but they did at one point Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have this, we have scripture, right? We have God provided prophets and even the Kings were, were supposed to follow the prophets the way he designed it in the old Testament and things like that. But, but modern day, it's a lot more like a democracy, but so, so yeah, so we have this problem, right? Because we have this separation of church and state, which is a you know, a little history lesson here is not in the Constitution. It's not something we found, find in any of our founding documents. What we have, that phrase comes from a, a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to a group called the Danbury Baptists who were very concerned about the government telling them how to, uh, establishing a religion or telling them how to operate. And so they wrote a letter to Thomas Jefferson saying basically, hey, you know, we're worried about this. And Thomas Jefferson said, there's a wall of separation, and, and, and it's but it's a one way wall according, you know, if you go back and look at it, not only when Thomas Jefferson said it, but for many, 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 many years, how the Supreme Court uh, understood it. And then and then it kind of flipped at one point and They started interpreting it different. So there is a, a separation, right, of, of sorts, but it's a one way separation for the United States. It's a separation that says the government cannot tell the church what to do. But the church absolutely can and should influence the government. Well, it's the, it's the people. Yeah. Yeah, the, the government works for the people, not the other way around. Right, right. And, and, so, and so, you know, people try to use that phrase to basically say, hey, we should not bring our religion into politics. And you see this when people um, say things like, uh, well, I'm, you know, it comes up in the abortion debate a lot. So, and Joe Biden has said this as a matter of fact, and because it's been news recently, I didn't know he'd said it until recently, but um, so he has said at one point he said, well, I'm not personally for abortion, but I'm not going to allow my personal religious beliefs to influence my policy decisions. I think, I think that's horrible way to look at things. Mm -hmm. If your faith does not inform how you, how you act and what you support in, um, in other arenas of your life, then your faith is useless. Yeah, it's not. It's useless, and so you know. I, now, what am I saying? Am I saying that we should have a theocracy? No, I'm not saying that. There can be freedoms, right? There can be lines we draw that we say, no, I'm not. I'm not requiring everybody to be Christian or anything of the sort. But, um, but there are oftentimes more reasons than one to. On the abortion issue, for example, to say that, that hey, that's a bad idea. Yeah. I don't need I don't need the Bible to tell me that. I, there's a whole bunch of other reasons, scientific reasons and other things that I, I can still approach that from other ways and say that's no, that policy decision should be um should, should be in place. And it's not just because I'm a Christian. There's a whole I, bunch of other reasons.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it I feel like when people do say this is what I believe, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to implement my belief. Because I know there's going to be an outcry. Yeah, and to me, that's leaders ruling with a fear of man.
0: Well, it's leaders ruling from the back.
1: Yeah. Instead of leading the way. Exactly. Right. And I think I think if you believe this, then you need to lead it. Yeah. And if you don't, then you're bowing to the whims of a feeling culture. Exactly. Who says this is what I'm feeling? This is what I want. Hundred percent. Give it to me.
0: You know what I say? Take like, the arrows, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be a
0: leader, you got to take arrows.
1: Yeah, and, and that's or, just or don't or don't believe in it. I mean, if you don't believe, if you believe in pro-choice as a leader, then fine, that's what your belief is. Of course, yeah. Yeah, then you do that. But if you don't, I mean, it is, it
0: is kind of just be just have some integrity. Yeah. I mean, in politics, and like you said earlier, both sides. Both man. sides. Both sides. Both yeah. sides. Uh, let's be fair. Let's be fair. Yeah, I can I can find Republicans that I, they're Republicans that I just sit there and go, man. I, what in the heck, man? You're you don't have integrity, and then same on the Democratic side. There are Democrats I yeah. go, man.
1: There's no integrity there because you'll see it on the Republican side. Where <sighs> sorry to get us. Oh, yeah, we're getting yeah. up on, we're getting ramp, on politics. But,
0: Should we do that? No, but it's okay. you'll see
1: you'll see Republican uh, leaders go, uh, the you know protect the family, you know say all the things that are the you know maybe even yeah. God directed, and, and then you see them having affairs on the side. Yeah, it's absolutely. like wait a minute, you don't seem to believe there's that. It's a lack of integrity. Yeah, you don't.
0: It doesn't. They're certainly match not up. following. You know, and and we all lack integrity at at points. And so I want to be clear on that, but you know, all of us have made mistakes and those kinds of things and, and should repent of those, those sins that we've committed. And, and hopefully that that's what you see, but yeah, there's a, there's a lack of integrity everywhere. That's why it's it's so important. You know, we, this side of eternity, there is not going to be a government that is, that is going to reflect perfectly God's will. Yeah. Right. This just not going to happen. That's so why we got to do the best we can with what we got. Even when God was, he says, I'll be your king. And there, you know, that's when it was oh. going to be best. Right. But and however, still whined they, and cried still, and they still
1: whined and they wanted to worship an idols and
0: they want an actual dresses.
1: king. Yeah. Like everybody else.
0: Yeah. yeah, we want to be like everybody else, have an actual king. Okay, he's gonna tax you, he's gonna, you know, recruit men to be in the army, and you're gonna to have to fight battles, and wars, and different, you know, and then and then they get a king, and what do you think happens? Oh, they take your money, that's called taxes. They guess what's still happening today? Oh, they take your money, that's called taxes. You know, like yeah. it's it's uh but it is a fallen world we live in, and I think our faith should should influence every area of our life, including how we vote. Yeah um, and and we're not I don't, we don't endorse candidates here. We're not going to do that or anything like that. But but we do. You know, you need to think about your faith and how it influences your your, your vote for yeah. sure.
1: You know, on my uh, on my Facebook profile, I, on my my political views, I'm I'm waiting for the millennial kingdom. Yeah, yeah, that's right. what I am. Is that what you
0: put? Oh yeah, because <laughs> that's a good
1: one. Yeah, yeah, I like I'm, that. I'm a millennial. Uh, yeah, kingdom guy. So you're, you're you're not a millennial. You're a Gen Xer. But no way yeah, <laughs> out. <old. laughs> you're too old to be a millennial. I'm but a You're mo- a millennial kingdom. Millennial guy. kingdom guy. Which is I'm not for a kingdom king. of millennials. No, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna because you're married to him. So you're just I'm gonna, gonna, gonna keep back your out of this shot. conversation. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I think actually millennials are great. So, but I do um, too, actually. But uh, yeah, I'm waiting for Christ to rule. That's what I want. You yeah, because he'll do a good job.
0: Well, and, that, and that's the, that's the reality of yeah. what it comes down to. My hope, my hope is in an eternity future. It's not in any political candidate. Yeah. You've always said that. I've always
1: said yeah. that. The, the Republicans fail us. The Democrats fail us. Um, yeah. um, but interesting, something interesting happened and I didn't hear about this except for on your, your sermon. And you brought it up. Um, that one, the big pastor uh, prayed for president Trump.
0: Oh, yeah, David Platt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: I'm like, I don't understand. Uh, maybe you can expound. Yeah, I know. Sure. I don't know if this is the place for that, but I was kind of curious as to yeah. Yeah. what the outcry was.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it here a little bit. we should be praying for our leaders. 100%. Scripture tells us yeah. we pray for our leaders, right? Our, our leaders, we're supposed to be obedient as far as, it, as far as that goes, you know, as long as it doesn't conflict with the commands of God. Uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, and in that case, we got to go to Acts four, right. Where, uh, where Peter's like, Hey, do, do I obey God or man? I'm going to obey God. Right. Like if there's a conflict, you always obey God first. Yeah. Um, but, but if, you know, but we need to be obedient to our leaders, pray for our leaders, right. Jesus even says, pray for your enemies. Right. So even if you hate Trump, so here's what happened though. And I, I actually feel kind of bad for David Platt a little bit because here, cause it was unexpected. He didn't know he's coming. So Trump shows up and says, Hey, will you pray for me? Okay, well now you've got moments to make a decision, right? How do you how do you how, okay, what do I do? Um, he's the president of the United States. I don't care what his name is or what his political affiliation is. Mm. You're, you're you're in the United States. If you he's voted a for him, or vote for him, him. Yeah, for it's, him. it's it's not as much yeah. about the person as as it is about the office. Furthermore, somebody comes and requests prayer. Okay, well, I don't want to deny somebody prayer, but I got a church run, you know? So the, the, some people come and say, well, they, it's fine that he prays for him, but he shouldn't have brought him up on stage. Okay, I can see that. Uh, uh, yeah, fine. But then, you know, on the flip side, can you imagine what the media would have done? The evangelical pastor refuses to pray for President Trump. Like, can you imagine? I mean, David was in a no-win situation, yeah, right? Like, rock? he brings him up on stage, people get mad. He doesn't bring him up on stage, people get mad, right? Like, so there's there was—he was—, he was he so was, you he, know what, John? He was in no end. He had to follow his belief and t- and carry it out, and then that's, take that's exactly right. And then right. take an arrow. Yeah, and and if I have any criticism of what David, and if you read the prayer, it was great. It was, and I and I've prayed to open. Um, you know, I went down to the Colorado uh, State House um, and prayed to open a session uh, one time. And you know you're not being political. You go down there. You're praying for our leaders, right? You go up. You go up there and you pray for them. You pray for wisdom. You pray for discernment. You know you pray for them to be able to make decisions that that um, are right for our country. And in, in, in the President Trump's case, or our state. In the case, in my case, um, and it wasn't here at the church. It was obviously down at the Capitol and things like that. So so it was a great prayer. It wasn't it wasn't partisan in any way. And and he prayed. And so. Um, I, I think, I think he did the right thing in praying. Um, my only criticism is that he apologized for it. <laughs> I wish he wouldn't apologize for it. Yeah, I think that was a teaching moment that he could have taken advantage of and said, "No, we pray for people. That's what we do as a church. That's one of the things we do. Yeah. We do a lot of other stuff too." That's where right.
1: even say, "Hey, even the next election or whatever, the one after that, Democratic president comes yeah. in here and wants to get prayed for." bring them up.
0: If if it's yeah, if we'll it's Obama, if it's if it's Trump, we'll like it's it's not about the person, it's about the office mm-hmm. and about praying for our leaders. Yeah. And and we're not raising them up as as moral compass. We're praying for for wisdom, discernment. We're praying that God will move the needle. That's right. Hopefully in that person.
1: The way God wants to, not yeah, the way we want to. Exactly. Um, so I don't know if like obviously building our our foundation on Christ is important. We need his desires. We need his thoughts to make the right decisions. Yeah, you know, we needed to move the moral compass in our own lives too.
0: Yeah, you know, if absolutely. we want to if we want
1: to build a solid foundation, we need to be saying no to the shifting things of the world, right? And saying yes, right, to the certainty of Christ. Um, is there something supernatural that happens to where we suddenly had these minds of of you know, like if you look around too, sometimes, you know, at some of the morality in our in our world, we're like, man, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Is there was there something? That happens in our minds, to where all of a sudden we have the thoughts of God, we have the minds of God, the desires of God, and can uh, see things like you know, like with with spiritual glasses.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't I don't think there's anything most of the time there's not anything magic that happens right I, I think a couple of things you know uh, scripture talks about uh, God's law being imprinted on our hearts so I think it, I think there's a certain sense of it that's already there and when we talk about conscience that's historically that's kind of what even we've been in believers yeah even yeah. In non-believers um, and so, and so, a lot of times we're referring to that. What is that? What is that conscience? What's it informed by? And the, the reality is, it's God given holiness, right? Whether that's in part or in full, you know. In, and um, and so, it's informed by that. I think, I th- I think that as we as we kind of think about that whole approach, you know, and understanding um, how that works in our lives day to day, is that is that we need to be in the scriptures. With the community of God, and understanding the gospel, all the time. There's no. There's no moment where all of a sudden everything clicks, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, now I see everything the way Jesus sees. And we constantly pray for that. Yeah. we pray for growth in that. That that our lives and our hearts and our minds would become more Christ-like. That our, as Romans tells us, it, our minds would be renewed. Right. Uh, and it, and it's a day by day, moment by moment thing, over a long period of time. If you're a new believer man, you don't become mature tomorrow. Yeah. And, that, and that's good to know for church people and church yes. leaders, give them grace, give them, you know, it's going to take a little while. Well, and, and honestly, you know, I've been a Christian for most, you know, for 41 years I became a Christian when I was four years old. So now, you know, I'm 45, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So, but, so, but I, and I've matured at different rates during those, during that time. And, and a lot of times it's been crisis in my life, whether that's, you know, external or internal crisis, that has helped me to grow. And now at 45, guess what? I've still got a long ways to go. I'm still growing. I'm still becoming like Christ. And, and that's a, that's a, it's a long-term thing. So whether you've been a Christian a long time or a short time, you, you, you don't get to arrive tomorrow mm-hmm. either way. And And I think it's really important for people to understand that, that um, we need to constantly be going back to scripture, constantly be be praying, constantly be be in fellowship with God, and then with the with our brothers and sisters in Christ, so as, so we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds, as the author of Hebrews puts it. That's why, that's why we attend church. That's why we go to life groups. That's if you're not in a life group, get in a life group. <laughs> yeah. Get in a life group. So important, right? So, so because Because we need that community and we have, of course, here at Grace, we have three values and one of them is growth and community. And so we highly value the being together. You can find preaching that's better than mine. Just look, open up iTunes. I know, it's crazy. Don't say that. You know, you know, but there's great preachers out there. But you are a good, you are a good preacher, but well, I, well, I appreciate that. But the point is, no, you don't there, come definitely. to grace because they got the best preacher in the world. That's not why you come to. That's not or why the you best to worship church. guy or the best worship guy, right? Yeah, I can turn on. Even though I am better than David Crowder, of course, Whoa, you know, easy now. I think I don't know.
1: No, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's me, honestly. Yeah, right. But I, you I, can I, listen. I, I self, you know, right. I, I, all
0: joking aside, yeah. I do. Here's the point: you can turn on iTunes, and listen to David Platt. Oh, and a professional sound. Studio, yeah. yeah, and you can you can listen, you know, to to one of my all time favorites. I think one of the best preachers, you know, to ever preach, Chuck Swindoll. You can listen to him all the time. You can you can get you can you can go and you can listen to Craig Gershell, a modern guy, you know, mm-hmm. name that or wh- whoever. I don't know. He's not one of my favorites, but he's good though, right? He's a great communicator. You can go listen to that, and then you can turn on Elevation, yeah, or you can turn on
1: be- Dave Crowder, worship. yeah, or you
0: can turn on whoever, and you can have amazing worship, amazing communicators in your car on the way to work every single morning. That's not why you come to grace. Yeah, Fellowship. You're not going to grow that way. You're, you're not going to grow a little bit. You need community. Yeah. You will grow. Growth. Thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You it should will. do that stuff. You, should, yeah, listen yeah, you to that still stuff. should do
1: that, but that shouldn't be your only thing. Right. The grace deep dive podcast. Like you could listen to that. And I'm not going to do it. There's much <laughs> for you. You need it. Yeah. You need community. Yeah. And it, it is so important. I think it's, um, you know, you'll, you even see like you kind of talked about how we have a baseline. God gives us; He writes His laws on our hearts, Yeah. And, and there's a common grace, Yeah, even that's right. in unbelievers. That's right. And I I've noticed, and this is probably true for unbelievers. And I've always always come back to the Romans passage where it's where our minds become depraved, yeah, and we then it starts to really tweak and do crazy stuff, you know. Yeah. And I think even in our own lives, when we allow sin to creep in our lives. We have to always be checking ourselves, always, always. be evaluating it and self-reflecting because when we don't do those things, our mind becomes corrupt yeah. and certain patterns start to set in. And before we know it, the train is turned around yeah. and the feelings are leading everything yeah. and the faith and the facts go to the back. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think that's what's so great about what Paul does in Second Corinthians 1 and in the passage we looked at this last Sunday is that he... He takes time he did, he did do some self-reflection. Then he defended himself and said, Hey, my plans changed because circumstances change. And I wasn't wavering in my convictions. I wasn't wavering in, in what I believe I wasn't wavering in all those things, but I had to respond to the the circumstances. But there's one thing that never changes and that's Jesus Christ. That's yeah. yes we have in him. And even if we might, even if he did waver, Christ doesn't. That's yeah, exactly. Really.
1: Exactly. So let me ask you a question. You just brought up Paul. Yeah. Um, Paul was often attacked by believers. Yeah. Um, Yeah, believers and non-believers alike, right? Yeah, yeah. And we kind of see that um, in our church. I've always seen, it always drives me nuts when believers attack other people in the church. Yeah. And that bothers me, number one. But number two, what bothers me is when those people attack go, I'm done with God. Right. How do we, I mean, obviously Paul was attacked and harassed with everybody who's never done with God. So I, I don't even know if I have a question, but I just want to go ahead and react to that because yeah,
0: well, no, I think I think that's super important, and people critique pastors, especially, are often the recipients of. Of these things, it's not always criticisms and attacks. Yeah, criticisms. Yeah. You are well, not you get the most. <laughs> I'm sure. Really, I, I you know, I get my fair share. I, you know, oh, and and it doesn't matter how good of a preacher you are. Like you could talk to the best communicators in the world. Well, you're just not very good. They've heard that before. I promise. Isn't you. that funny? Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It doesn't matter who you talk to. Um, and you know, well, you're just not the you're just not a very good preacher. Or, so I've heard that before. Um, I've heard you know, oh, you, you know, you don't love people. I've heard. Um, you know, whatever. I mean, I've, I've heard all kinds of stuff. I, I don't need to go over all the things that I get it. I get attacked with. It doesn't matter, but, but it happens. Right. And, uh, anytime you're in any kind of leadership, it happens. And so, so you become a target, right? Um, because you're out front and you're trying to lead the best you can. And I am imperfect, I fall short, man. I I don't do things. Sometimes, sometimes I don't preach as good as I could have. I didn't get enough prep prep time or whatever that week, or maybe I got enough prep time and I didn't use it wisely or whatever the case fumbled over your words. I just fumbled over my words or, you know, I used an illustration that I shouldn't have used or whatever, whatever the case, you know, I mean, stuff happens, um, or I didn't call somebody and follow up with them when I should have, or whatever the case. Like there's all kinds of things that happen, and and we eat our own. We eat our own. We do, we we don't extend grace. Here's the reason why, because we don't understand the gospel. We at least not on a practical level. I, I am 100% convinced. And and I've done this too, right? Like there's these moments where, where I just I don't go I don't show grace, and and I don't give grace, and and I forget the grace that God has shown me. And I forget the grace that I desperately need. Even when attacked. Yes. Even when attacked. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, so I think that's what Paul does a good job of. He, he basically, he does defend himself and there's a place for that. Um, but he, but he goes back to Jesus and goes, but, but you guys, the gospel, man, it's Jesus. That's the only place we find certainty. Yeah. And that's got to challenge us. And do we show grace? And this week's, this week's sermon is going to be about forgiveness. It's going to be really good. we're going to talk about some of that stuff.
1: Yeah. Um I'm kind of wrapping up but John, you know, the next thing I was going to ask you is you talked about God examining us and it kind of yeah. um relates to the last question too. I look at I look at, you know, constructive criticism. Yeah. Is always a good thing no matter what. Obviously, we don't want it to come from negative critical people. Right. However, it's, it happens. It, it does. And and even within the church, you get these just ne- you know, you look at some people and you're like I appreciate your your attack on me and your criticism on me. By the way, there's 10 I can point out on you right now. Right. But I want to hear what you have to say. Even like Paul said, I want to I want you to examine me. Go ahead, examine yeah. me, critique me. Um and then just have the strength to say, "You know what? Thank you for those 10 things you just came my way. I'm going to look at them and and then come back and say, you know what? These 8 were not true. Yeah. But these 2 were I could work on those things." Right. And the response should be Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, because I want to be better. I want to examine myself. I want to become a better believer, a better follower of Christ. And if I had some blind spots, which we all do, which we all do, then thank you for pointing those out. Obviously, I wish you would work on some stuff, you know, because you're being critical or negative or whatever it is. But I do appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, God is allowed to examine us. It's scary, Yeah. Because he can see way down. Right, and side. that's what Paul calls God
0: as a witness in our passages. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Scary um, thing. Yeah. I don't know for me, I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time because it's scary being examined, especially by someone who truly can not examine you yeah. deeply and sees past your facade.
0: Right. Um, how do we do that? How do we let them, you know, I'm part of this forum online. It's a paid subscription kind of forum and, you know, private thing. And it's, it's all pastors basically. And, and, Honestly, like it's on constantly all the time. Uh, the pastor is talking about, oh, I got this letters that's put underneath my door, or I got this criticism, or this person called me, or the worst ones are, I got this, I got this letter I put underneath my door, but nobody Not signed it, anonymous, you know? Yeah. Which I just, I, I recycle those rather There's, quickly. Uh, yeah, it is pointless. Yeah. Yeah. Point. I just, you know, um, which it, don't do that. If you don't have guts to sign your name to it, then don't do it. Yeah. You know? uh, but anyways, uh, it's okay to criticize. But you should always do it with humility, with the goal of improving both yourself and the other person. You should do it humbly, mm-hmm. knowing that you have your own blind spots. Yeah. You know, you are not the arbiter of all that is good in this world. There's only one, and that is God, and you are not it. Um and, and so there's 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 a place where critics show us our shortfalls and our shortcomings. And an understanding that we live, we live in a world that is sinful and that we will never achieve perfection and neither will the person you're criticizing. Yeah. Um, And maybe that's not your blind spot. And so you feel kind of self-righteous about it, but you ought not because you have a blind spot that is not somebody else's blind spot. Oh yeah. That does not Mm -hmm. give that other person a feel uh, a reason to feel self-righteous about your blind spots. And so we need to, we need to move carefully with humility, with grace, with kindness towards one another. And, and as we receive criticism, whether it's justified or not, I think your approach is exactly right. And it's really, really hard Yeah. because hum, humanly we, we want to defend. Yeah. We um, have no blind spots. Yeah. But, uh, but we need to be careful, be humble, walk slowly. Um, think well, not be so sensitive, put on our big boy, thick skin kind of stuff, big boy pants and thick skin. And, uh, and then evaluate and try to become more, more Christ-like in the process. Yeah, I think, I think the correct response is, you know what, thank you so much for bringing that up.
1: I'm definitely going to think about those things. Some of those are good points, and some yeah. of them I think are not true, but that's okay. But while I'm doing that too, if you don't mind, I want to point out some things that I see in you.
0: I think we need to be careful about that. I don't think we should do oh, that. Oh, I like that. I know you Bring do. Bring it back around, John. No, don't do, it. Don't do it. But not in a bad way, because if the point is to grow... But people don't receive that well, right? Like, uh, so you certainly can't do that. I want to do that, John. I know you do, but you can't. You got to, you got to receive it, and you got. If you're a leader, you got to take it. All right, John. You, you literally got to take it, take it, and now that doesn't mean you're, you can never come back at a later time, at another time. Um, Just take but, it. But you've got you got to take it initially. John, you got to give time. To, I'm going to listen to what you're saying. I, I think I'm you gonna should think about it. So you got something you want to talk to me about in a week or so? I think I'm. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh,
1: let's go and wrap this up, John. Yeah. So uh, what's the big idea
0: for this week? Yeah, the big idea is this: in a shifting world, the only sure thing is the yes that we have in Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep
1: Dive podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.